pasa la juca si no lo guarda con esa. Y el pum 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 Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. It's good to have our uh, coach back with us. We got the uh, usual trio uh, for the squad back tonight. Rafa, welcome back, man. How was the uh, the road trip? Uh, long, exhausting, <laughs> but productive. Hey, you don't have to talk about San Antonio C games like that. That's not very nice. <laughs> well, we're glad you made it safe. I know we were just talking about before the show got started about a, uh, a close call there with uh, some tires. So glad you made it back home safely, man. And uh, we're, we're glad to have you back on the show. It wasn't the same without you. Uh, Harry, how are you doing this evening, man, other than sarcastic and... Well, that's the that's how you got to approach this week, right? You know, a lot you know a lot of great things happened. Um, just none of them had SAFC involved with it. So, yeah, it was know, one of those weeks. Uh, well, I guess I can't say that because they did put a, a, a pretty cool video of Pirano and um, Matt Cardoni going to a school, you know, and uh, you know, you know, doing the nice promos like that, which is which is awesome to see. Well, and the runners won. What do you mean no San Antonio teams? There was nothing to get excited about. They beat the Coyotes in a pretty well, exciting Well, match. I guess, you, you know, the Corinthians, you know, trumped all of them, though. But, that's you know, true. That's... <laughs> we'll get into some of those uh, UPSL scores and everything like that here in uh, just a minute. Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty uh, dull week for uh, San Antonio FC. And uh, Harry's also going to uh, provide us with a playoff picture. I know you kind of... <laughs> sent out a tweet uh, earlier in the uh, in the week and everything looking at the uh, most likely playoff scenario. So we want to get into uh, that as well. Um, so we're trying to line up a guest for the show, but it was kind of last minute. Uh, hopefully next week we'll, we'll have another guest on with us uh, because otherwise it, it might be a little bit stale as far as San Antonio FC goes. We'll have to wait and see what happens, but... Um, I, I guess to, to start us off with UPSL, we can just kind of jump right into some of the lower league stuff, or did you have any other news or announcements that you wanted to, to get into before we kind of go into that runner's match? Yeah, no, not a lot as far as, you know, main, you know, main stuff here. There's really not a lot that's going on. There's a lot of silly season stuff starting um, with the lower leagues and, and stuff like that, but as far as, you know, San Antonio area evolved. Um, haven't heard a whole lot about that at this point. Um, but as we know, the silly season, which is the off season of soccer, where you know leagues and teams decide to shuffle around. Well, I'm sure that circ- that's a uh, uh, roller coaster will be starting very soon. Absolutely, and uh, lots of college news and stuff like that. We'll get back into uh, into that next week um, as far as uh, covering all that stuff goes with uh, scores and results. Um, but, yeah, I guess we'll just kind of get right into uh, that UPSL matchup. I know you got to uh, stick around there for the first half, so I'll kind of let you go first, Harry, with just your thoughts kind of in that first 45 minutes. I, I know you've watched these two teams face up before what did you think of uh, the first 45 there out at UTSA very physical the Coyotes are uh, not a team to be taken lightly and I have a feeling when the runners go back up 
to play them. It'll be very interesting, and you might want to have five officials. <laughs> and a couple of uh, um, security referees. <laughs> uh, it'll, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll have to check the schedule to see when that return match is, but uh, you can tell the, the Open Cup match was, was close, had a late winner. Uh, this one here, you know, like I said here, that, you know, the runners uh, came back 3-1 in the second half. Um, you know, I know um, the Coyotes FC, uh, you know, got on the board first in the first half with, you know, with, with, the, with the excellent goal. Um, you know, and then I had to leave uh, to do family stuff and, uh, you know, kind of watching some of the highlights. Uh, looked like it was a heck of a match that you and John called. And um, I know I enjoyed, you know, the call here. And, and from my understanding, you know, you're going to be back behind the mic again. Uh, for uh, this week's San Antonio showdown between Alamo City and the Runners, so yeah, kind of a, a, a new El Clasico or whatever, I guess, so to speak. Um, depending on you know how you really want to label that, which we got to come up with a new thing for it. We've talked about that before, but yeah, like you said, just a very physical match there uh, in the first half. You know, didn't disappoint. Um, we've talked about what a rivalry this is kind of turning into for. Not really even just the runners, but, you know, this this whole heart conference is, is just mm-hmm. one big, like, grudge match. Um, but, uh, yeah, so after the first half, you know, uh, the runners came back out. And as they typically do, like the game that you and I were watching where it was kind of low scoring there in the first half. And, and we knew that there was going to be some more action. Uh, this one was very similar. You could just tell that, you know, both teams were getting a ton of chances um, I don't have the exact numbers from the first half in front of me, um, but I know even at halftime it was, you know, San Antonio runners with eight chances to two chances for the Coyotes and six corners, you know, so unable to really do much with the corner kicks. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's... Well, they had some, they had some chances, and, and there was a hell of a save uh, by the by the Coyotes uh, uh goalkeeper on, on one of them to where you thought it was going in, but, you know, but, uh, but he saved it. But yeah, it's, it was one where I think three out of four games, those go in. Uh, this was just that one game where, you know, just, you know, just was it off by, you know, by a cup, you know, by a little bit. Yeah. And so they came out at halftime though. And, uh, you know, firing on all cylinders like usual. And, um, Mikey Maldonado, uh, came in a a little bit late. He's their leading goal scorer and uh, player of the week there in the UPSL for the runners, um, coming back from an injury. So coach just kind of watching his minutes. And once he entered the match, it was just that spark, you know, that difference maker for the team. Like you always see him, uh, out there. So he was actually the one that got taken down in the box uh, for that first PK that John Mendoza scored. Uh, you know, I know that a uh, little bit of question around whether or not it should have been a PK. I think that's always going to be the case, but it, it looks like he got pulled down to me from, from where I sat, you know, over there on the edge. Um, but that only made it one, one. So, you know, there were still two other goals after that, uh, that they were able to score a Mikey Maldonado on that volley, um, that they, they credited John Mendoza with the assist off the header on. And then uh, Brian Flores, who came in uh, as a substitution in that game, also scored there for the uh, the third goal. And you almost felt like they were going to need that third goal for the insurance policy because 
two, the Coyotes were still knocking at the door. And then that's kind of when things got pretty physical. Uh, you know, we joked about needing maybe five officials out there at the next one. Um, you know, it's I, I love to see a good physical match and a competitive match. But, um, you know, I think there was some pushing and shoving with an official and uh, amongst the players and stuff like that. And it stopped the game for, I don't know, maybe five minutes or, or so. And I wasn't entirely sure, you know, at what point the officials will determine to call those and everything. Because for a little while, I think one of the players that got sent off didn't really walk off the field or I think he was bleeding. And that's why they ended up having to send him off the field. But it was a uh, pretty chaotic thing. No, he got the red card. The one that uh, I went through and watched it before the show the one that got hit, you know, I think it happened more down the field. Um, and like I said, I have to watch it closely, but I believe he was the one because they kept pointing down um, on, you know, down towards the, the end, you know, towards their goal. Um, I think when the ball bounced up, you know, the runner's player came up, he did elbow him. There, there's no, you know, you know, I know it's, it's, um, you know, it's not, you know, super close by any means, but you can see where the elbow was up um, and you could see where it come because he immediately went to his face uh, for it here. Um, you know, the referee did flag it a little bit. And then, you know, on the other side, on the other half of the field, I'm not sure what was going on over there, but that's where everything broke down. And, you know, by the time, you know, the, the red card came out, you know, the uh, injured player, you know, or the one that had the bleeding, uh, was down there in, in front of the the ref's face, and you know, I'm, I'm assuming he said something that he shouldn't have said. So, yeah, and I, I I wasn't able to, you know, how it is when you're out there, like see the replay mm-hmm. or anything. So it was like I say, it was all just kind of going on, and and me and Sean were just trying to figure out. But it was a really great game. Uh, there was a great turnout there from the uh, Coyotes fans mm-hmm. as well as from the uh, Runners fans. So. Uh, yeah, whenever that rematch is, uh, that's definitely going to be one to, uh, I think, continue to circle on the calendar and continue to be a uh, fun rivalry uh, for an out-of-city team, at least. But uh, as you yeah, ex- expect another one this week. Uh, I've talked, you know, off the record with both Alamo City and the runners. Uh, let's just say there's no love loss between them. There's a lot of... Um, you know, cross between the two of them, uh, where, you know, I don't want to say Alamo City is a spinoff of the runners because, you know, Alamo City does have an academy and they've been around for a while, but there's been quite a few runner players that have uh, moved over to there. So that's why I'm pretty interested in, and like I said here with the San Antonio FC match on Friday, um, I hope there's an awesome turnout for, you know, for this, you know, from the Crocketeers, you know, from 118. Because uh, these are two good teams, you know, I know they're a lower level, but uh, they both do represent San Antonio very well. Absolutely. So we'll be uh, out there for that. And uh, I'm looking forward to that matchup on uh, Saturday. But uh, as you kind of mentioned, uh, another score in the uh, UPSL that was uh, not as big of a headline, I think, this week is what it was the uh, first time we saw it flash across Um Tell us about the other results. Yeah, well, the other one is the San Antonio Perithians. Uh, they played Bell County. Uh, Alamo City played them in their first match, won 20 to nothing. Um, unfortunately for Bell County, they gave up another 18 and didn't score. So they improved by two goals, but it's still it's still not a good look. Um, you know, so, you know, the Corinthians, you know, now, you know, have a pretty healthy 
goal difference. And, and, and here's the problem that I see with it here, because those two have got such healthy goal differences that if you're the runners or if you're the Coyotes or Capital City, you almost have to put it on them as well, you know, to, to try to run up at least, you know, and I hate saying run up the score, but mm-hmm. that's really what you have to do at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause you know, between second and third or first and third, you know, depending on how the playoff structure is going to be goal difference plays a part. And, you know, like I said here, you know, it's, you know, when, when you, unfortunately when you get Bell County on there, I hate to say it, but I have a feeling you're going to see scores like this all, all year. Just, you have to, you, you, you know, um, you know, whether, you know, you just, you, you can't, you know, if you, if you only win 10 to nothing, yeah. you're down eight, you're down eight goals in goal difference. Harry, That's you, crazy to say. <laughs> Harry, what do you think is the problem with Bill County? As far as well, wise? I mean, so here's the story about Bell County. Um, they, when they originally signed up, um, the plan was for them to be in Division Two um, in the Hart Conference because at that time that's what they planned in. Um, so they're a real young squad. I don't think they have the talent as everybody else. Um, I know the first game that they didn't have, you know, their their starting goalkeeper. So I think there's just you know, except here, I think they came in thinking, Hey, we're going to be division two. Um, and, and this might be something that you guys can speak, uh, a little bit more, but, you know, obviously we see the runners, almost city that, you know, I want to say, you know, that have good, good quality. Um, but when you get in these smaller towns, you know, less, you know, you know, where the talent is probably, uh, probably is not as good and not as deep. Um, you know, for that here. So I think that's part of the issue is that they kind of wanted to work their way in. Um, but due to changes, you know, in, you know, in the heart, um, they unfortunately had, you know, you know, they unfortunately had to play in division one. So, um, I think, you know, you know, in speaking with, with Bell County, um, they know it's going to be a long year. Um, they're hoping to improve. And, and at this level, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's what it's about. You know, the problem is, is, you know, if you're losing, and, and this would be something that you two would have to speak about, if you're losing 18, 20 to nothing, you know, you know, in, in soccer, that's got to make it hard to want to go back the next game. So you, you kind of wonder at some point, you know, and I hope they don't because, you know, I've talked to uh, Bell County and, and they're in it for the long run. But at some point, you know, you know, it's like what they did with, um, you know, with, with one of the teams last year, not Belt County, but uh, the other one. Bat. Bat country. Bat country um, where I think the league kind of stepped in and said, hey, you know, enough's enough. And I don't I don't think – I'm not sure if they'll do that at this point. But if they did, then they would have to go back and, and fix these matches and, and do a straight 3-0, which, um, you know, for that here. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, like I said here um, – I know there's some changes going on, you know, in the uh, Central Conference, uh, which uh, Matt will be announcing uh, shortly, he said. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with that. And, and to your point, you know, obviously, um, as you mentioned, kind of you'd think it'd be a little bit more difficult to field a team after that type of results, you know, consistently. But so far, nobody uh, jumping ship or abandoning mm-hmm. the squad or anything like that. So, 
uh, it is great to hear that and everything. And, and obviously, you know, it may be a tough season, but hopefully the guys do stick it out and stick together and continue to get better and, you know, maybe at least uh, build a little bit of character and, and build that unity having gotten through a season like this, if, if nothing else. So... Yeah, and I think you're going to see improvement from them. You know, just you know, this is the first. This is the first season for them. Um, I think you know, as an organization, you're going to be able to kind of make some changes and and um, go in because you know, to be fair, like I said here, they are playing a level up. And like I said here, you guys can you know speak more to you know is there really a big difference uh, you know at this level from a division one to division two or, or whatever the situation is. Um, so, but it, you know, I, I think that they are, they are trying, um, the thing that encourages me, they're still very active on social media. Um, I reached out to them and, and, you know, for the hair, so they're still promoting, um, you know, it's when they go radio silent, mm-hmm. uh, that's when, that's when the, you know, you start to get concerned, um, for here, but, you know, I know the front office, you know, you know, from, from, uh, UPSL central, um, and I'm assuming from UPSL up above, you know, are supporting them. And, um, you know, just to be honest with you, they didn't have a choice. You know, it, you know, you'd only had five teams with FC Waco uh, moving and, and some other changes that took place here. So, um, unfortunately, their hands were tied. And, and like I said here, we'll, you know, we'll have to see what the league does uh, going forward here. I guess the other big news um, and actually, this is pretty big news. Is is that uh, UPSL got recognized as the same level as uh, NPSL and in uh, USL League Two? So they're going to have up to eight spots in the Open Cup. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how they divide that up. Um, the bad part about that, and and you know, is if you have those if you have those uh, guaranteed spots, I think that removes the qualifying. So, you know, you know, for, for the amateurs, cause you know, they have certain criteria. I think that's like, you know, why Laredo that you never see uh, in the qualifying, you know, it's all based on the previous year. So um, congratulations to UPSL overall. Um, you know, I reached out to Matt to kind of see how they're going to divide the eight, you know, is it going to be four and four between spring and fall or, you know, you know, is it going to be, you know, eight conference winners at, you know, the fall or, you know, how are they going to decide that? So, uh, it will it will be interesting to see what takes place for that. Yeah, no, that's some exciting news for the uh, UPSL and for the U.S. Open Cup moving forward. Um, you know, you almost feel like the the spring season would be the one that you'd really want to kind of see that awarded to, just because you feel like the talent level is a little bit better in the spring as far as being able to field a, a full team or whatever. But I'm sure. As you mentioned, there's probably going to be some way that they divide them up, you know, with having eight spots like that. So that'll be. Uh, and it would make sense because what they start playing April ish, right? Mid April. So the problem with doing the spring is they're, they're also in season at that point. So you're not really going to know who, who the top teams are. And I think, you know, they have to be announced prior. Uh, prior to the competition, I think it would be based you know, for this year would be based, I think, in the fall. That's why I almost think I almost wonder if you have to do, let's say the prior season, uh, a prior season. But, you know, you know, and this might be kind of a, a conversation um, to have with Matt or, you know, whoever the, the you know, Brent or whoever the, the central conference uh, manager is, is what is the best way uh, to do it? Is it, you know, you know, you know, combination of both seasons um, is it, you know, hey, you know, 
you have a combined uh, table for open cup, you know, for both fall and you know, spring and fall. And that way you have your best teams uh, theoretically. Um, but then you have teams like, you know, up in Oklahoma that take the, uh, take the fall off just right. because, you know, they de- they're dependent on, on college kids, you know, is it fair to penalize them? So, but you also uh, want to reward some of those teams who are competing in your that's fall sticking season both and everything yeah, as well, right? <laughs> but if we're honest, you good? It's probably better to have maybe the spring and the fall champion, you know, play against each other and win and win that spot. Kind of like what they do in the MLS to get the 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 Champions League spots, or even like uh, kind of Liga MX when they do the the two cup champions. Uh, whoever wins that ends up going to the to the, the Concacaf Champions League. And maybe that's probably the best way to do it. Is you get your best spring team and your best fall team play against, unless it's the same team, and then you know they get the automatic bid. I think maybe that's probably the fair way to do it. But you take a team like Oklahoma City was it eighteen eighty nine or I think eighteen something, and I apologize here. Uh, the Imps, I know their nicknames, the Imps. Uh, they won the sp- they won the spring, but they took the fall off, um, and they were a heck of a team that you know lost to uh, was it Southwest FC. Um, over in El Paso, mm-hmm. is they're dependent on college players. And, and I think this is kind of an issue that you see with NPSL and and uh, League Two teams is having that that competition in April, you know, f- you know, for those early rounds. Well, I think we come in in April, and I think it even starts even earlier. You may or may not have that, that roster because what, college doesn't release their kids that early, right? Until May. Tell me, so so that may be more maybe more of an advantage for the fall as opposed to the spring because you know you know the spring you know for instance using the imps as an example they don't play the fall because of the of the college if they can't play in the fall how are they going to have that early season before they get their players and like you said that's definitely a great discussion I think to have with Matt or Branner I'm sure those are round tables that they're having as that well having, you know yeah, yeah ex- exactly so we'll we'll keep everybody updated on that and everything and uh Hopefully, you know, maybe after they make the announcement, get one of those guys on to talk a little bit about how they came to that decision and and everything and what that thought process was. But that's definitely some exciting news. And really just for soccer as a whole, wouldn't you say, Harry, here in the United States for the USSF to recognize the league like that and award it those those sanctions or or those spots? It is and it isn't. And the reason why I say it isn't is – you're giving away eight more spots away that an amateur team cannot get. So that that's kind of, you know, at some point they're going to have to expand the, the tournament because if you're giving eight to here, you know, league one's got their, or league two's got theirs, you know, MPSL has theirs. Nice at some point, well, they're a pro team. So all the pro teams through there would be in right now that's eight, but that's going to be expanding. You know, you know, League One, you know, USL uh, Championship, you know, they're they're semi-growing. Uh, I guess we'll see, depending on what happens with you know the MLS two teams, and MLS is growing. So you know, at some point, you know, unless you're just saying, hey, it's it's only going to be a professional tournament, and and the amateurs don't, you know, right now they're already at a huge disadvantage as it is. But at, at this point here, you have to wonder. 
you know, how many amateur spots are, are, are going are gonna to be there. So, you know, a, a, as a fan of grassroots soccer, it, it to me, it, it causes a little bit more alarms just for the fact that if you're giving away eight more guaranteed spots on the current format, that's that cuts down, you know, those amateur spots even more, which, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, you know, with the, um, the, the team from uh, North, Te- North Texas Renatos, mm-hmm. uh, the Florida Soccer Shoulders. Now I know they're UPSL, so they may be able to get, you know, a guaranteed spot. Um, but there was the uh, beer team Christos, I think it was uh, two years ago. So you get those little, you know, unique stories that you learn about, you know, you know, from the Sunday rec leagues, bar leagues that, you know, go on that magical run. And, and that's what, to me, that's what the great thing is, is about the Open Cup. Um, you know, just, you know, hearing those early, early, you know, early matches, you know, learning about teams that, that you, you know, you've never heard of and may never hear of again. No, the expansion with with Inter Miami and St. Louis, I mean, it's going to take some of those spots. You know, I, I think eventually it's probably going to be just a USL MLS Open Cup, and maybe maybe with the amateur leagues, maybe they need to create their own because I, I I think I, I kind of see that happening once the other expansion teams come up. Like if they get Sacramento or whoever else, because it's just going to be too too many teams. It's going to take to prolong the season too long to get to the Open Cups. Well, I think what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to bring more teams in earlier. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, you know, it's going to have to be more like the you know the English league. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where you may have those early rounds, you know, for their here, but, you know, the EPL, that the, what the, the Premier League plays, what, five, six rounds, I think? Yeah. You know, if I remember correctly, playing, you know, playing on there. Um, where right now, I think, you know, MLS only plays, what, four, maybe five right now. So I think it's going to take at least another round or two for, the, for them to play, which, um, you know, then you're talking about, you know, more midweek games and, and, you know, the season's already long enough. So. And the travel for those teams that are trying to make that run or, or whatever and the expenses that come so. along with it. So there's but no easy That's a solution. separate discussion. Yeah, no, that's a valid, very, very valid point. So what can sometimes look like a, a small victory also, too, can have another side of the coin, obviously. So, But well, I think for UPSL, it's it's awesome. You course. know, it's, it's recognition you're getting credibility within, you know, within the U S soccer system as a tier, um, as a tier. Yeah. I don't, they, UPSL is saying they're on the same tier as NPSL. Um, I don't know if I see that myself. I still think, you know, I, 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 I would love, and this would be a whole separate discussion, but I would love for U S soccer to get off their ass and actually make an actual pyramid, like a food pyramid. And it doesn't, you know, hey, if you don't want to make it open, that's fine. But give some clear, clear specifics on through here saying, okay, hey, you're, you know, UPSL is division is division five, NPSL, PDL, because, you know, they are, well, PDL or League Two to me is a little bit different because it's just solely a summer league. Uh, summer league. It, to sure. me, it's like Cape Cod. You know, it's a Cape Cod league for college students to go play in. It's still important. But you know, it's it's not a full season like I think NPSL's trying to do, mm-hmm. like UPSL is, uh, you know, for out here. So, but uh, you know, we, at some point they're gonna have to make some adjustments mm-hmm. with within the soccer because 
you're already seeing soccer wars between the Gulf Coast Premier League and PSL where they're trying to go in and, and oh, lower the cost of admission to, to take the teams from, you know, from, you know, from the Gulf Coast area uh, because they got raided and, and it's just, it's a cycle. It starts from MLS and it filters all the way down. And at some point you've got to hope somebody, you know, will, will grow a pair of balls and, and say, okay, Hey, this, this is what we're going to do. Um, whether it's open or not, you know, I want it to be open, but you know, Hey, if we say, Hey, through here, if you want to go up, this is the parameters that you have to do in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And that way it protects leagues that protects, teams. you know, teams, you know, you know, as an example, you know, I spoke, we were speaking with the, uh, you know, the owner from central Texas, you know, up there in, in South Austin, he's having to make contingency plans because what happens if four teams go from the Gulf coast premier league, what happens to that league? And, and that's, that's the shitty thing that, that he's having to do is, a league that's you know, and they're regional leagues, and, and I understand that, but it, it, the federation has to protect you know, protect you know, not just MLS and USL, it needs to protect all the way down. And like you said, that's a, a great topic for uh, another day, and, uh, and definitely a good off season topic, which hopefully won't be anytime soon for San Antonio FC. I, I know everybody's kind of knee-jerk reaction uh, after the match was that uh, all hopes were lost and and that it was over, uh, which may not quite be the case yet. But Rafa, I want to kind of give you a chance. I I know you're just kind of coming back from your vacation to to speak for a little bit, man. So we'll start off with you. Um, You know, what what were your thoughts uh, from the uh, San Antonio FC match this past weekend? I guess seeing the alerts and then them being behind that, it's like, ah, uh, it, it's it's over. And like I said, reading Harry's talking, like I said, we you know, we still have a shot. But I don't know, the way, I guess with Frank getting the red, mm-hmm. you know, do we have a shot against Portland? We'll see, you know, we'll see how these guys react. If we win against Portland, then maybe we do have a shot at, at winning at home and sneaking in, you know, even it's one of the, the last spot, you know, mm-hmm. you got to kind of keep the faith and see. But I think other players are going to have to step it up, you know. And that's I think that's been the problem this year is a lot of inconsistency, all all around. I think they're going to have to find a game. This this is these next two games have to be played at a perfect level by everybody, kind of playing and being on the same page and so forth in order to get into to the playoffs, you know, to at least have a shot, you know, because I know we might need some help from the, from the other teams. Well, we need help. There's yeah. no, we need help. There's, there's no way about that right now. And, and we'll get into the mathematic equation of it and everything. Cause there is going to be a little bit of help needed here in, in just a minute. But um, I know you mentioned Frank Lopez, obviously the red getting ejected, not going to be available uh, for the next one, obviously. And, and potentially for the remainder of the season, have they, we announced? don't know that for a fact. Okay. And the reason why I say that is, is Daniel, uh, you know, mentioned that he got the red for the headbutt. But if SAFC can show that it was not a headbutt, you have to wonder if that red could be rescinded. Now you got the other stuff on there, which makes it extremely, highly, highly unlikely. (laughs) But if that red card is rescinded, if he did not, if it was more of a dive, and, you know, that's a whole separate discussion, you know, on, the, you know, about if it was a dive or not. 
it's possible. You know, like I said, it's not something I, I would put at maybe 5% that it could get rescinded because, you know, first of all, SAFC would have to appeal it and there would have to be probably a different camera angle than what we have seen so far. Um, and I don't know if Vegas, uh, Cashman Field, if they offer that that view, but I don't think he headbutted him. I think he stood up to him. And Parra has a history. He did this once earlier uh, against OC um, and got away with it. So, you know, and you know, it, it, you know, it, it's it's one I don't expect it to. But until they come out with the report, I'm hope I'm holding a little bit of hope. Uh, that that maybe SAFC because SAFC should appeal it if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, if that was the actual reason, is because he did headbutt him. Um, I, don't, I don't know if there's conclusive evidence saying that he did or didn't. You know, based on the video that we've seen. Well, and I, I've never seen a referee like to admit that they're wrong. So we'll wait and see. But like you said, I definitely don't want to hold our breath on that one. Um, but also kind of announced there before the match that uh, I think everybody was a little bit surprised by was uh, Taylor there on the injury report. So you have to wonder, you know, if he's going to be available, if, you know, kind of like we anticipate Lopez does end up missing time. Do you think that this could be like the return of the, uh, I hate to say prodigal son, but uh, of Ever Guzman, our gladiator and savior to re-enter the arena and uh, conquer our playoff chances? Is, is that what we're expecting here? It looks like it. I, I, I mean, you have no choice unless you win that appeal, you know, for the last game, but I guess for the Portland game. If Taylor's have- out. Yeah, Taylor's out. You're going to have to go with him, or unless you're going to come up with some type of other formation. But I, I you got to go with him. You, you know, he's been there. And maybe he, maybe this will motivate him to, you know, to get back into his good graces and stuff. And, 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 and you know, you never know. Some people will get that opportunity. Hey, you know what? I, here's my shot. Let me prove him, prove him wrong and get some goals in and, Hopefully, I can carry the team. You know, maybe he's that type of player that, you know, he he's got to have to. You know, he knows he's got to step up. So, you know, depending, like I said, what formation they're going to do. If they stick to the three four three, I think they need to go to a four back for this upcoming game. You know, just play with two up top to kind of sure things up on the on the backside. You think? Yeah, he hasn't changed it. Oh, you, he hasn't changed it. And I mean, we're getting months. killed by, by the three four three. As far as he just doesn't know how to. I guess the three in the back just don't know how to defend it properly. You know, you're they're supposed to be playing those zone defense, and they're not playing zone defense. You know, they're getting killed, and they're not, back there. It's, it's just too many mistakes. I think you know, you're giving Powell too much credit, man. You know, I, well, that's what I said. Powell, Powell needs to. I'm, I'm gonna give him credit. Him, he's the one that's coaches them. I mean, his ass is on the line. I hate yeah, to say that, it, yeah. but his ass is on the line. Yeah, I mean, might as well change it up a little bit, you know, to sure it up. Because, I mean, th- honestly, a three-four-three, you're supposed to straight out attack, and we're not, we're not seeing that. Well, Harry, I know you kind of uh, sent it out there earlier in the week uh, as, as far as what you think your your most likely scenarios are. Um, I know there's a couple different possibilities, but why don't you talk us through, uh, let's just start kind of first with that most likely scenario and, and why you think that 
that's our best hope. Yeah, so, well, number one, New Mexico is only one point ahead of us, but I don't think that's a realistic looking at their schedule. Um, they have three matches left. Uh, they play tomorrow against Tulsa, uh, Saturday against uh, Tacoma, and then the lights on there. So, realistically, you know, you figure they get two, two wins, you know, two wins, four, four points, we'll say. So I'm not counting, you know, New Mexico. The easiest one that I think, and really the only other option, because all El Paso really needs is a point, and anybody above El Paso, all they need is a point, you know, that have not already clinched. The team to look out for, though, is that ninth spot, which is uh, Las Dos, LA, LA Galaxy uh, 2. Uh, they have... Uh, two matches left like we do. Uh, they play um, at Fresno uh, on the 12th here. Um, and then they play at or they play at home against El Paso. Um, both of those teams are, you know, quality teams, playoff teams, most, most, most likely playoff teams. Fresno's trying to get a push for that second slot. So if they could beat them, um, then that puts that, that would in. And, and the key is San Antonio has to win. Mm-hmm. If they don't win, it doesn't matter. It just, you know, they, they it doesn't matter. Six. They, they got to get six. They cannot get four. They have to get six. Um, you know, you know, for that, it's, it, well, I guess, technically speaking, um, you know, if, if Vegas doesn't get any more points, four points would do it. But, I think realistically speaking, you're going to need six points. Yeah. You're going to need six points um, to do it. So to me, it it all comes down to Friday. If they win, they put pressure um, on, on Los Dos. Los Dos has to play a rival Fresno uh, in Fresno, uh, who I don't know if you've heard the story, but uh, Fresno, uh, is possibly 50-50, although uh, I do recommend if you can listen to Fox uh, Foxtrot podcast today, they actually had um, – uh, hold on, let's – they actually had Frank, uh, Frankie Yallop and Chris uh, – hold on a minute here uh, – the v- VP of Operations, Chris Wilson. Uh, you know, Frank Yallop was the GM and the VP of Operations, Chris Wilson – uh, you know, on to talk about the future and, you know, possible places, but uh, it was really a good uh, podcast. So if you have the time, uh, definitely give them a, you know, give them a listen. Uh, but they, they have a big, big match. And, and from, you know, I have a feeling you're going to see, uh, you know, the Fresno fans turn out and support. So I think, you know, that's San Antonio's best opportunity. However, San Antonio plays Friday. So, Basically, if if they get the win in in Portland, I think that you know could put some pressure on them. If they don't get the win, it's hard seeing them make the playoffs. It's, yeah, there's just you know it is, and and you know I think by all accounts, you know you know even if and, and this would be the, the you know the, the discussion here, even if uh, Lopez's red card is magically turned away. You still got to worry about the, the the Darren Powell doghouse on whether he would even still play after, uh, you know, giving the double bird um, in front of, you know, there was an SAFC official right there as well. And, and you could just see him going, you know, throwing his hands up in the air going, oh, no, uh, for that here. So it, it'll it'll be interesting. It is possible. 
so the team is not out. They don't control their destiny. But if they win this week and L.A. loses, they're back in control. Yep. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that that it's not it's not all hope is lost yet. Um, nope. But I, they're in a better position this year than they were last year. Last right. year, they didn't have any have any realistic shot. This year, it's pretty simple. They have to beat Portland, who's uh, let me see here. They've so since September, they've lost one, two, three, four. Um, they've won two, and one of the wins was a but Tacoma we've established defense. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't who matter. Playing the worse they are, the scarier it is. Uh, did Portland? Did Portland? Uh, the first team? Did they make the MLS playoffs? Yes. Okay, so that, I'm, I was kind of worried to say if they didn't make the playoffs, they could send some first team players down. Here's the problem, though. MLS is off this week because it's an international break. Mm. So, yeah, you could have a stacked stacked lineup. Being honest with you, you can have a stacked lineup. And as we saw with uh, the, the Mike Petrie MLS contract, he gets 7,500 if Real Monarchs make the playoffs. So you figure that's probably a pretty standard clause. Um, now, you know, Portland's not in a position, and I don't, I don't even know if they've been eliminated. They're right on that borderline on being eliminated. But yeah, you bring up an excellent point that with with the ML because the MLS doesn't kick off until I think the, the next weekend, right? Or two next weeks weekend? Before. Next yeah. weekend because you got the the Nations League, uh, the Concacaf Nations League. It's an international break this week, so playoffs don't start till next week. So yeah, the the MLS two teams could uh, you know have a, a deeper roster than normal. So we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens, obviously, for Friday night's game against And that includes Lost Dose, too. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see what they do against Fresno, you know, wanting to get that win and obviously not wanting to lose out of their playoff race as well. Because if San Antonio loses... It's done. Technically, all they need is one point. Now, I know, uh, I get, well, Vegas is still, uh, as far as what we're, we're, we're contending... Um, Vegas is playing Reno. So technically speaking, you know, if, you know, if, if Vegas loses to Reno, if uh, we lose to Portland and, and, and Los Dos gets a tie, it's over. There doesn't matter. The, you know, the 10 spots are filled. So we'll have to wait and see if uh, Ever Guzman returns then as, as the forward or if Taylor comes back off an of injury, maybe it was just a, a little banged up and, and he needed some rest, but Obviously, we're going to need a forward uh, along with that back line to uh, score some goals for us uh, if, if we want to make the playoffs. But I know we had kind of talked about as, as a discussion, and I think this might be the perfect time for it. Um, even if they do make the playoffs, if it's a, another one-and-done season and you know they're out in the first round, does that feel like a win for the season? Does that feel like a successful season? Go, go, Rafa. Uh, probably not. I, I think we had so, so much high expectations, especially from the front office, making making his promises that oh, we have a team to contend, and this is not what we envisioned from the beginning of the season. You know, we saw flashes of it, but the, all this inconsistency and people being in the doghouse and people letting it let go. 
this has probably been one of the most chaotic chaotic seasons that we had, more chaotic than last year. Mm-hmm. And last year we got eliminated a lot earlier. You know, this is you know this is like a Jekyll and Hyde type of team, and you know, I think it, even if we make it in, like I said, the only way he stays if he wins a playoff game or, or maybe know. well maybe he wins two playoff games. Maybe, but I, I'm not getting my hopes up. But I think it is time for a change, you know, for an overhaul, keep certain pieces, and then, like I said, see what happens for next year. But, you know, that's that's how I see it. I, and I think, I think it's long overdue, this experiment. It's been four years and just one good season and nothing really else to show for it. Harry, what about I, you? I, I, I... The only way it's a successful season is if they go deep in the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. if, if honest, that's really all that you care about is making it into the dance. But then you got to go in the dance. If, if, if let's say Austin finishes seventh and we squeak in in the tenth spot and we go up to Austin and lose in that playing game, it's not a successful season. And if we finish tenth, which is probably our realistic spot, you know where we have to go, right? It'll be going to Phoenix. So if you do get past the playing game, then you're going to Phoenix. Um, and Phoenix is an awesome team. I think SASC can beat them. They play up. But I wouldn't be betting, you know, you know AJ's piggy bank on it either. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I agree with that. And, and, you know, I think my biggest fear as a fan is, is kind of that, uh, to Rafa's point, you know, or, or to your point, Harry, they get in and they lose against Austin or – you know, maybe they beat Austin, but then they get their ass kicked by Phoenix. And it's like, you know, Powell earns a, a, another year of, of just job security by another one. I don't think he does, season. though. I just don't think he does. And the reason why I say that, and, and you know, we have to see what, what he decides to do. Uh, but James O'Connor was just fired from Orlando City. He used to, or pardon me, yeah, from Orlando City. He was the coach of Louisville City. Um, he had a shit job at Orlando City. He was only there for a year and a half, so it wasn't even really given, a, in my opinion, a fair opportunity. Um, him and Tim Holt were both in Orlando City earlier in their careers. He's a, he's a proven winner. He's never finished, you know, you know, you know, through. He, you know, he's you know, he has a different style, um, which I think would work here. It's more of that sit back counter the the Louisville City side um, where. You don't have to have always the best players. He's one of those. He's like a Bob Lilly uh, type of, of, of manager that that gets the best out of his players. Um, and it, you know, I think Coach Powell does a great job of developing youth. Um, you know, with the academy, I think he does a great job. But I think it's to be determined on how well he's a, he's able to transition right now at at, at the USL manager level. And um, so it's one of those it's one of those things that you know, as as a fan. Short term, yeah, I want SAFC to do really well and, and make the playoffs and go far. But for the long term health of the club, do, you know, would you? And I guess it kind of comes down to is really is would you sacrifice what's left of this year if you knew Coach Powell was going to be gone and they were going to bring in a quality coach? The problem is you don't know if that's what SAFC would really do, though. 
tank for pal out <laughs> instead of but tank you know, for Tua, it's know, tank for pal out. Is that what we're asking? <laughs> well, I I mean, I'm for it. I'm not against I mean, that. But can, you know I what I mean, though? It's, it's, yeah. But I that's, we, that's what I mean. We know the fan base does not want pal. That's my the biggest fan fear. base is ready for pal to be out. It's 50 50. I don't, I, I think I, right. I think 50 50. I think that's fair. I, you know, just depending on who you ask, you know, you'll hear that everybody I, wants him out or that everybody's happy with him. And that tells me they, they respect. Well, I think it's just that they respect him as a person, but as far well, as I know everybody wise, does, even the yeah, ones that want him out. Wise, yeah, but coaching wise, I think there's already people. Uh, Hey, you know, this experiment's over. We we need a change. We need something different. And I guess having, the, you know, the coach, former Lovio coach, you know, maybe that's the spark we need, you know, and he can build around Pirano and, and Pekka and whoever else he wants to bring in. And, you know, who's to say, you know, we're, you know, we're, we'll be one of the top teams in the league. Well, we know San Antonio has the talent. That's the problem. You know, I listened to Three Honest Lads, which is, which is the guys that call the, the games uh, – uh, you know, so they see the entire league. They said that, you know, San Antonio has probably, let's say, a third, fourth seed talent roster. Maybe not the best, you know, where you're going to win it along those lines. I think that depends on the position group that you're looking at, though. But the, but they look at the overall team. And, and like I said here, you know, with, with the guys that call – you know, they see, they, they call, squad. Uh, they I, see, I what they see saying. all there. So they, they see the differences on there. So I give pretty good, pretty good value on them. They're, they've also, you know, played the game. So they have that experience as well. They're saying San Antonio is a mid pack playoff team. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. We're there. It's to me, it's inexcusable that we're 11th after, you know, on there and, str- and, and be honest with you, struggling to get yeah, in. A mid-pack it, it, playoff team. But we're not even a mid-pack playoff team. That's what team, I'm though. saying. We're struggling to be a mid-pack playoff team. And that's about, though, when you look at our roster talent and stuff like that, I don't know if we really have the most talented squad, you know. And, and to your point, I don't see all the other teams out there, but I look at our back line and that whole position group, and I think that right there takes us out of – top four in the West for sure. It's because there's no, well, it goes back. And we said this last week, what, how big of a difference would Didich have made this, you know, made the depth on this team. If he would have stuck around, you know, you know, and you know, he's, I checked his stats. He started pretty much every game in the CPL and, and to me as a defender, it's hard, you know, hard, hard to, you know, use, you know, you know, view stats on there. So, but he's been productive. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, it goes back to really you can you can you can go back to the offseason signings. The two big names that they brought back and brought in really have been a no show this year. It, it, it goes back names. to that simple. Yeah, because yeah, Lang's not even out there. And he was and Didich, yeah, if you wanted to call those your three big ones, I mean. Oh, well, guys, let's let's get into our final thoughts. I don't want to drag it down too much. There's still hope on Friday, and obviously, uh, you know, um, also too Saturday, Alamo City versus UP or uh, the San Antonio Runners in the in the UPSL. But Harry, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, break us down, man, with your final thoughts? Yeah, so my final thoughts this weekend is actually a pretty big weekend here for San Antonio FC Academy. Uh, they're hosting uh, the USL Academy Cup for the Western. Uh, so if you get the opportunity, I did get clarification that it is open. 
Um, even the match uh, at Toyota Field, uh, the like the how they do the preseason matches, the only one side of the stadium's open. Uh, but San Antonio will kick off against Orange County at three o'clock um, at Toyota Field. But then you know at five o'clock you got three matches. Seven o'clock you got three matches at uh, uh, the the Sand Pit. Uh, you know uh, you know fields there. Uh, you know field not one, the ones two, and they three. Play on. I'm sure those are nice. <laughs> <laughs> they were watering those. <laughs> but you know, and I know we kind of discussed this last 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 uh, week there, but. Uh, that first match, Orange County, San Antonio FC, will, will, put, will be an excellent game. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get RGV and Austin Bold. And, and what to me is kind of interesting um, on those is, you know, Austin Bold doesn't really have an academy, so it's going to be a collection of players that they brought in. Uh, St. Louis, Golden State, both of those have quality uh, academies. Phoenix Rising, Santa Cruz um, through there here. But I think with, with – with with having the, the tournament there, the tournament out there, uh, you can go out and watch some you know some quality. I think these are seventeen year olds uh, that that are going to be there. Um, but Saturday, you know, it's got four matches at two and four. So and San Antonio FC plays uh, Santa Cruz Breakers at four o'clock. So if you wanted to do the double feature, uh, you know, go out and watching the the, the San Antonio Academy uh, out there. Uh, that would be awesome. And then on Sunday. Uh, not a lot of action, just 10 o'clock matches, no San Antonio, uh, but you got three matches at 10 o'clock. And then uh, if you are lucky enough to have Monday off, uh, go out there. They start at 8 and in at noon, um, but there's seven total matches uh, that are going on uh, between Toyota Stadium and, and the, the you know, San Antonio Area Regional Soccer Complex. So uh, if you can, if you have the opportunity, go out support not only, you know, SAFC, but the other USL academies. Uh, I have a feeling you'll probably run into uh, who's who out there. Uh, you know, Cause I'm assuming this will probably draw some coaches and scouts and stuff like that, um, which Rafa can probably go into a little bit more, but uh, from my understanding, it's a free event. And, and, you know, especially, you know, when San Antonio FC is playing, uh, you know, if you can try to go out and support them. And they'll have dollar beer. I don't know about that. <laughs> dollar beer, dollar beer. Well, I thought what would be a cool idea. Probably dollar root beer. <laughs> hey, see if this is a missed opportunity. So they play at 3 o'clock. They're already opening up half the stadium. Now, is this right? on Friday or on Saturday? This, this is, is on Friday. Friday. Yeah. This is Friday. Yeah. So they play at free. Uh, you got games at 5 and 7. I think SAFC kicks off around 9, 9.30. So if you wanted to, if you were, if to me, if I was San Antonio FC, I would have a watch party there, get some food trucks out there. You could have the fan base. You could have Mission City. You could have the Crocketeers come out, you know, ha, you know, have a party, you know, a have a party, party out the there, have a watch party at the stadium. The fact, and I sent a tweet out to them and of course they ignore me. Uh, but to me, it's, it's a missed opportunity. How, cool. how, how many sense. people would go out? You can watch soccer, you know, all yeah. afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I, that, I think that is a missed opportunity because not only you're cheering your academy. your future stars, you know, your academy players, you know, and usually they don't ever have fans at their games except for their parents. But you know, then they can you know watch, you know, the, the game after the pro team play with the people yeah. who are just watching them play, and that yeah. builds more. You know, you're sitting there talking with the academy kids. Yeah, but and I, and I know that's what a six hour difference. Don't get me wrong, and paying for the staff. But if you've already got people out there, 
and I don't know how comfortable it would be. It can't be any, you know, less comfortable than being in a bar area. But why? If I just don't understand why they don't, you know, I'm a simple guy. Why? Hey, if I put this out there, and you know, it's it's only Tuesday, so they could announce it Wednesday or Thursday. Don't get me wrong. But why wouldn't you announce this? Saying, hey, you know, you can come out, watch us, watch all the other, you know, there's what, six other matches, come out, watch it, bring the kids, you know, walk, you know, bring your lawn chair, you can go out on, on the pitch or, you know, the beer garden and enjoy a, enjoy a night of San Antonio soccer and not only put on a good look for, uh, you know, the academy you know for, event. for the academy event, but then you get to, you know, get to watch, you know, the SAFC game. Mm-hmm you know, at, at the stadium. I think it's a, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a missed opportunity. You could have food trucks, you know, and, and stuff out there, but. Well, we'll <sighs> have to do the uh, party next me. year for them. Yeah, there you go, Harry. We'll get the food trucks out there and do it over there at Heroes or something. Bring the, uh, what do you use to make the uh, carne asada there, uh, Rafa or whatever, the. Just tech, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there you go. But what about you, man? What are your, uh, your final thoughts? Uh, just I guess going into this game, you know, you know, hopefully we we pull it off and we get the three points, and then hopefully the soccer gods will listen to our prayers and we'll light some candles and Los Dos loses and and then it goes to the final game. You know, you know, it's 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 do or die time as far as anything, and uh, hopefully the guys are motivated enough to at least hey, you know, if we're gonna go out, go out with a blaze of glory. You know, in the Portland game, and then see what happens. Hopefully, Fresno does do a favor for us, and you know, come next Saturday, the last home game, you know, it, it punches or punches our ticket into the playoffs. But you know, as far as that, you know, after that, you know, we'll see what happens from there. I'm not getting my hopes up unless we do some type of miraculous run, like you know, maybe put all the money in in the Vegas <laughs> and get up. <laughs> In the USL Championship, but but you know, I will say this: show up for the Colorado Springs game. It's the yeah. final game of the year. Give the you know give the players the due and and honor them for the hard work and efforts that they did. Because I have a feeling we're not going to see quite a few of this group back next year. Yeah, that, that's possible. That'll be a topic for another show for sure. Who returns next season? But uh, it's been fun, uh, Rafa. It's good to have you back. I'm just glad again with all the uh, road trip, man. That you're you're home safe. Home safe, game. yes, sir. So, absolutely, and uh, we'll see you guys on uh, on Saturday uh, out there, probably at Toyota Field for the uh, Academy event before the uh, runners versus. Alamo match. So, uh, as always, this is the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. What's life without goals? We out.